You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. Hello everyone and welcome back to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. I am your reader, Carmen. I'm Tyler. I'm Gordy. One of you lads like to explain what this is all about? Why I have you trapped here around this microphone? Well, folks, I touched my nose last, so here we go. We're reading a fairy tale. You may have heard of it. We certainly have not. Gordy and I. That's the whole point. We are idiots. <laughs> With no knowledge of fairy tales outside of Cinderella. You're like folktale babies coming into the bright light of the, the grand world of human storytelling. We're like folktale babies... Who are crawling <laughs> under the sink looking for all sorts of mischief. <laughs> and we're about to leave Plato's baby fairy tale cave. <laughs> <laughs> Does that a title already? <laughs> Could be. Yeah, you've been watching little shadow puppet shows of Disney movies playing on the walls, and then you thought, I'm gonna go I'm gonna wander out into the bright light up there, and turns out it's all just nonsense. It turns out you live there. Yeah. It is, it is a jungle. With Ditch a, chairs. With a book open in my lap and a wicked smile upon my lips. It is a war zone. <laughs> so what's going to happen is we're going to hear a story tonight that Carmen knows and we do not. Uh, it is out of the ordinary as far as fairy tales go. It is not one that you have seen a, a film adaptation of necessarily. Yet. Yet, stay tuned. Hopefully, in the future, you will <laughs> stay tuned. It's coming, and and we do this because we want to find any any plot holes or idiosyncrasies about it that are just weird, and and discuss why they matter as a why, storytelling format. Why did we remember these and write them down, and why are we still talking about them? Who wrote it in the first place, and how in the world did they reach us here in the future? Why do you have to pay money to buy books to read these? Well, you can find a lot of them online for free. Well, that doesn't matter. That's and, only recently. And we are doing this for the 67th time. Yep. And goodness knows I have so many more. I have not even cracked open some of the books on the shelf over there or the databases I have saved <laughs> on my computer. Uh, we've told each other a lot of stories over the years, and they all kind of follow the same sort of dream logic, which is to say there isn't any. So Now, typically at this point... We have started to haggle our way into a story because Carmen has felt that Gordy and I need some sort of agency over this process to feel more invested in it, to feel like we have control over our lives in any way. Oh, I mean, that's the nice way to put it. In reality, I just didn't want all the blame for every week. <laughs> I didn't want you Trying guys... to shift that a bit. Yeah, I didn't want you guys super mad at me because <clears throat> I picked a story that raked your brain through the coals. Now you get to pick that. Are we doing that this week? Or what, what are our choices? Well, the past few times, diligent listeners may have noticed one story title come up pretty much every single time. And we have shirked that little asshole every I... single time. <laughs> I know which one you mean. Uh, For good you, reasons. Yeah. It's, it I sounds like say. a jerk. That you assume are good I reasons. Should, no, they are good reasons. We have, we have passed it up for good reasons every time. And that story is... Lars, my lad. And my reasoning for this is because I have never met a Lars who wasn't a dink. <laughs> How many Lars have you met in your life? Uh, Just the one on Steven Universe? No. Lars Ulrich. 
There's a few. Metallica. Yeah. Dink. <laughs> so, if we have any Larses listening... The Lars Volta? Please write in... Wasn't that a guy? And send us your OkCupid okay profile so that we can judge it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's a new service we're offering. <laughs> brand but only to people named Lars. Brand... I just want to tell if, if they're a dink or not. We need it for data. I, yeah, I need verification of dinkitudes. Yeah, so if you're a large and you want to defend your good name yeah. against Tyler's unwarranted prejudice. I need 500 words minimum. This is non-optional. <laughs> Mandatory service. But Gordy and I, mostly me, decided beforehand, <laughs> let's just get that guy out of the way so we have to. we can at least stop hearing his name every week. Just want to rip I this guess, bandage off? Yeah. I guess it would so, be nice to not have it hanging over our heads. Exactly. Yeah, then I can just replace it with something new to hang over your heads. Right. I'm thinking the three girls who are entrapped in the mountain might be the next Lars <sighs> This is This is the life lesson, everybody. Maybe just get these things out of the way early, because the longer you put them off, the worse they become. The noose just tightens. Yeah. Also, maybe don't be like, yeah, that sounds good when you're... Your short female friend says, Hey, I read a lot of fairy tales that don't make sense. You guys want to listen to all of them? Because now you're doomed for life. Uh-huh. There are inevitabilities in life. This is one of them. Well, Lars, my lad, hails from Sweden. The last, oh. the last tale we read from Sweden was Pinkle. Yeah. Pinkle. Great company. Uh-huh. Do you remember Pinkle, everybody? Because I don't. It's Piss Boy. Keep going. <laughs> it was Yellow King. That sounds... I remember Piss Boy more than Pinkle. <laughs> Yellow King. It's not coming. Yeah. The goat. king who, who saw or heard about a fancy goat or a fancy coat or a fancy lantern. Stuff. Lantern. It was the only thing that didn't end in an oat. Uh, um, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yep. It yep. had a boat in it. I'm Which, surprised you weren't more enamored by it. <laughs> uh, well, that is the only part of that story I remember. I remember island and boat used to get there. <laughs> Gordy's memory of am, his entire life is in, just like scattered mentions or case, experiences with boats. In case C-fearing. anybody, in case anybody has been wondering or drawing fan art, <laughs> quietly am, in their basement without showing us. I am not a sailor or any kind of nautical maritime individual. Uh, nautical connoisseur. I. Like my knowledge of boats is is pretty much limited to are there any around? <laughs> he's got he's like a boat divining rod turned into a human. <laughs> and there are words like jig and boom and sail that all come into it, but it's very complicated. Port and starburst. <laughs> Port, <laughs> pork and starburst. <laughs> pork and starburst. <laughs> Indeed. Um, <laughs> so this is just a little taste of how they interact with fairy tales too. Yeah. <laughs> so. Interact with this real is, world physical objects. Uh, that that was a microcosm. <laughs> that people care about. <laughs> that was a microcosm of what's about to happen. So tell me about this guy. He's yeah. from Sweden. Yeah, this particular version of the um, story comes from the book "Favorite Fairy Tales Told in Sweden," retold by Virginia Haviland. Uh, and this one is Arn Thompson type five sixty two. Uh, the blue light or the spirit in the blue light, depending on where you look. Although. I'm not sure why this Arn Thompson type isn't just called the Tinderbox, because that's... Any of our listeners who are familiar with fairy tales have probably read the Tinderbox. It's copyrighted. Tinderbox? We can't talk about that. Tinder or Tender? Tinder, as in, like... The app? Kindling? It's Yeah, like Kindling. Or the app. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that one is uh, one of the cornerstone fairy tales that 
I'll read to you later. Never heard of it. Uh-huh. Tell us what that one's about. I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to to guess. Can we read on that it. one instead? No, I don't have it noted. <sighs> you might you might be though. committed to this. I am looking for alternatives. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bother researching anything else for tonight, so Lars, my lad. If you put things off long enough, sometimes you just get tired of looking at them on your to-do list and delete them. You ready for the story to start? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you got no more backstory. No, nope, it's hop in. not a lot of info on this. Okay, vote yes, no. We'll find out. You look so happy to be here right now, <laughs> Cordy. Do it. Give me the story. Once upon a time, there was a prince who left home to travel the world. <sighs> <laughs> uh, wherever he went, he was well liked and received by the famous. The finest families, because he was very rich. Now, there's one way to make friends quick. It's to be very rich. It's to be richer than them. No conflict. He made lots of friends on his journeys and spent lots of money until he was no longer very rich and, in fact, completely destitute. I wonder if there's a correlation between those activities. What, making friends and spending all the money? Spending all your money and not having any money. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm not an accountant. Hmm. Everyone who had been willing to help him spend his money was not really willing to help him out now that he didn't have any. So all his friends just vanished. He had to trudge his way home, begging for crusts in order to eat. Late one evening, he came to a great forest and walked until he saw a tumble-down hut in the middle of a patch of bushes. Where did he get this money? From being a prince. His dad was like... Why isn't there more? Princitude. Well, he went traveling, so he no longer has... Oh, he he doesn't have any on him. Right. But there is more. He did not Probably. He did he not could, account for the trip back. He poorly managed his resources. Exactly. He's yeah. not out of them. Um, this tumble-down hut was not a suitable shelter, shelter for such a fine young man, but he didn't really have any other choice, so he's just going to have to suck it up and deal. Deign to enter the hut. The hut was entirely empty. There were no people and no furnishings, except for a big chest in the middle of it. It's not empty. I don't trust him. This still has zero ten for this story. <laughs> uh, the prince opened the big chest, hoping to find some food in it because he was starving. Da-na-na-na. Inside this chest was another chest, and in oh, that shit. was another, and it continued on and on until it was just tiny little boxes. Which one's a mimic? The prince. <laughs> How many of them are mimics, and where was this item in Zelda? <laughs> Uh, the prince kept opening the chest because he figured if someone had taken all the time to put these boxes in this each is, other, then surely that's they didn't do that for no goddamn reason. This, Very valuable. This sounds like Nintendo's reward system. <laughs> the last and tiniest box held a tiny piece of paper. He's pretty disappointed because this is neither food nor riches. <laughs> no. um, but then he notices that there's some words written on it. Is it like bear bonds? He can barely make out the words, and he reads them aloud to himself. Lars, my lad. As soon as he'd said this, an answer came right in his ear, saying, What are master's orders? Ghost. Yeah, Uh this paper controls some kind of disembodied voice. He can't see anyone there, and he says, If there's anyone who can hear me, please be kind enough to bring me something to eat. At the very moment he finished saying that, there stood a table with all the best things that someone can think of to eat upon it. Such as... Chimichangas. Oh, yeah. Like, just a plate full of chimichangas. <laughs> yep. Ice cream. Very Swedish. It said that anyone could think of. That's fair. I'm That's surprised fair. chimichangas was your first one. Has my brain, like, infected you? No, it's just the first word that I thought of. I love those. Marshmallows. 
Mm. Pie. Quiche. Cake. Gordy, do you not like food? <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you some kind of food hater? I'm sure there's some white rice. You keep taking the good ones. White rice with pepper. I see cocoa puffs. <laughs> I'm kind of just down to things that I can see from here. It's just our pantry. <laughs> Uh, Pop tarts. I mean, our pantry's pretty good. It's got good stuff in it. Um, like cat treats and baking soda. Got <laughs> some bread. Our pantry. The prince ate and drank and had bread. the best time of his life, which does not speak too well to all the times he spent with like actual friends and company, eating and drinking what? and spending money. What? What? I didn't hear any of that. <laughs> Gordon was taking inventory still. <laughs> The prince ate and drank and had the best time of his life. Which just does just partying alone? Yeah. With so. his ghost? <laughs> his ear ghost, yeah. So this is better than all... Like, he blew all his money just partying down with people that he liked. Uh-huh. And this is the best time. Yep. Better than all that. Yeah. The whole trip. Yep, that's has been Has been washed away from his memory. His entire childhood. Because like, of this, this probably cute meat. Like, <laughs> getting... <laughs> Getting blazed in this rumbled-down cabin. Yeah, it was better than his 16th birthday party that his parents planned meticulously for him. It's better than the first time he got a pony. Or the tenth. or the second time he got a pony. Or the tenth time he got a pony. <clears throat> what is this character's name? Prince. Is oh. it Lars? Is it Prince? Uh, it's just a <laughs> prince. Is it Lars? No, this character's name is not Lars. The ghost is Lars. Your yes. ghost is Lars. But is this prince's, is, I'm saying, is this ghost him? Is he oh, also shit. Lars? I, I do not know. Calling it now. All right. Uh, when he'd eaten all that he could, he felt sleepy, sleepy, pulled out the paper, and reads the name again. The voice returns, and the prince says, You have given food and drink aplenty. Now you must find me a bed to sleep in. So far from, like, the initial, I really need some food, polite Give me the request. world cuisine. Yeah, it's now, he just wanted some food. And I gave him all the best food. Yeah. And so now he's full of himself, as well as full of food. And I was like, you you have to do this. You must get me a bed to sleep. So his whole ah, tone has changed. Gotcha. He's back to his instant. princely ways. Yeah. Starting to remember what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he specifies <coughs> he wants a really fine bed, because he is bolder now that he is not hungry. It's um, made out of tissue paper. Suddenly a Very bed. Very fine. <laughs> his fresh geese carcasses. <laughs> I can think of nothing finer. <laughs> goose, Gold-plated geese Goose down and the rest of the goose. <laughs> Why just take one part? Suddenly there appeared a bed so fine a king would covet. Made out of goose carcasses and tissue or paper. Or it's like a big, old, a big old beanbag bed. Whatever your kingly self would covet, that is the bed that appeared. Uh, this was all very well, but... When you become well off, you do start to wish for more. No sooner than he had climbed into the bed than he began to think that the room itself was a little too poor for this very nice bed. He pulled out the paper and says, Since you handled the bed so nicely, I'm sure you can manage a better room. I am accustomed to sleeping in a palace with golden mirrors and covered walls and ornaments and comforts of all kinds. Uh, Suddenly he found himself in the most lavish chamber that anyone has ever seen. Prince figures now now he can be comfortable enough to go to sleep. Finally. Rent this out. Yeah, start making some scratch. Yeah, a little (laughs) B&B here in the woods. In the morning when he wakes up, he sees he'd been sleeping in a, like, full-on palace rather than just a nice room. The palace was full of rich furnishings and covered in so much gold and silver that he had to shade his eyes when the sun shone on them. When he looked out the windows, there was not a forest anymore surrounding the castle, but a garden full of rare plants. 
who wished for that? I mean, I guess... Does he sleep wish? Maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe this ghost has kind of tapped into the math at work and is just procedurally generating everything <laughs> around him. Um, still, there were no humans or even a cat in this place, and so he finds himself pretty um, lonely. Metric. What? Why is that his metric? Humans or a cat? Yeah. Maybe he likes cats. No humans or a cat. Look. If there was one cat, yeah. he'd be... He'd be if Peaches. Yeah, if it's one cat, you're a lot less lonely. Cricket and I get along very well. We have a fine time of it here. Sure. Uh, he pulls out the paper, and then he says that now that you've given me these sweet digs, I intend to remain here, for I like this place. But I don't want to be alone, so I must have both lads and lasses whom I may order about to wait on me. And a single cat. Not too big, not too little. Perfect fluff ratio. <laughs> <laughs> At once the palace was full of stewards and serving women, scullery maids, and chambermaids. Some came bowing, some curtsying, and now the prince thinks he is satisfied. Is it? Ugh. Is this, is this still one, like, the size of a hut? Or did it expand to be a whole palace? I think it expanded. I've been imagining just one really nice room. Like, <laughs> like a really swanky dorm room that is now filled with servants. It's a studio penthouse. Basically. <laughs> Now he woke to find himself in a full palace. All right. It happened that there was a large palace on the other side of the forest, and the king who lived there looked at his window and saw the new palace with golden weathercocks swinging on the roof and dazzling his eyes. <laughs> the shit is that? <laughs> we got company. He thinks, huh, this is strange. And he calls his courtiers and asks, who has dared build such a palace on my land? Uh, the courtiers simper at him. Typically, that's preceded with an invasion. <laughs> when they try to do that shit. Hmm. Not an age of empires. <laughs> you just build a castle up first. Yeah. yeah. Fill it with dudes. You can do that in age of mythology too. You're yep. sneaky enough about it. Castle push them. <laughs> they're building castles and take them out. I've been here, bro. The king calls his generals and his captains and he gives orders to tear down the palace and hang the person who's built it. And quickly. So this whole army sets off in haste with drummers and trumpeters and other musicians with them. So the prince heard the army long before he could see them. He knew what the noise meant, having, you know, been raised in a kingdom. Mm -hmm. And he took out his scrap of paper again. It's standard procedure for the army to just come marching in with a full band plan. Mm -hmm. uh, he informs Lars that there are soldiers coming, and now Lars must provide him with soldiers and horses so that he has double as many as those over in the wood right now. They must have sabers and pistols and guns and cannons, and quick. He looked out to see an immense number of soldiers around the palace. The king's men came, halted, and dared not come nearer. The prince goes straight to the officer in charge and asks what they wanted, and the officer told him what the king's orders were. The prince says, well, that's no use. Just look at my army. If the king will listen, we can be good friends, and I will be glad to help him against his enemies, and in such a way that this will be heard of far and wide. So, he'll go, go take out kings. In such a way that everybody's going to talk about it. And then that king will be feared. His turf will be secure. It's like the gang wars of royalty. Ye old TMZ will be a buzz. <laughs> the officer, looking at the size of his army, agreed that this is probably the more sensible plan. And the prince, I don't want to die today. <laughs> and the prince invites him and his men inside the palace and feasted them well. During the meal, the prince learns that the king has a daughter, who is an only child, and so wonderfully fair that no one had seen her like before. The more the soldiers ate and drank, the more they thought she would suit the prince well for a wife. They're super yes. drunk. They're like, dude, 
No, dude, she's so hot. This this princess, well, she's so hot. She'd be the best wife for you. Oh my god, you're she, so hot. Everyone's is, hot. She's such your type. Oh, you could be so, so good. So good for you. Your babies will be beautiful. They talked so long on this subject that the prince began to hold the same opinion. <laughs> I'm basically married already. But the soldiers warn she is as proud as she is beautiful and will never look at a man. Oh, what? Uh, that could mean a different thing. Mm. Is <laughs> the, she? That they weren't too uh, keen on back then. Proud, or do they just not know her type? <laughs> well, the prince laughed, saying, "If that's all, there's sure to be a remedy for that little problem." Magic. Let's ensorcel her. When sol- when the soldiers could eat no more, they went back with the prince's greetings, and um, like. A letter or something that the prince intended to call upon the king the next day. So, yeah, that's going to be taken well, I'm sure. Can he not just create a hotter woman? (laughs) Why does he need this one? It's true. He did call human beings out of thin air. A lot of them. Uh, When the prince was alone again, he thought of the princess and wondered if she was truly as beautiful as described. He thinks he must make sure of this. It is a very important feature of a future wife. Oh, yeah. You know... (laughs) You want to get catfished? <laughs> so he pulls out the paper. By a bunch of drunk soldiers. <laughs> he pulls out the paper and he tells the mysterious voice to bring the king's daughter as soon as she has gone to sleep. But she must not be awakened either on the way here or that... on the way back. It's like they're okay, Cupid. <laughs> it's get, just kidnapping. Get tricked into people via army gossip. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you get these guys shit-faced, and they'll say whatever you want to hear, man. I thought you were talking about the kidnapping. It's like, a, oh, that they're t- okay, Cupid. That too. This is catfishing. Soon the princess was laying on the bed before him, sleeping soundly and looking exquisitely beautiful. The prince walked all around her and finds her to be just as lovely from one side as another. The more he looked at her, the more he liked her. doesn't say that he checked her teeth, but, I mean, we're just one step away from that. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't want to drag it down with all these details. We know he checks the teeth. <laughs> you gotta check the teeth. <laughs> That's step one. We know this. As as modern individuals. Uh, he orders Lars to carry the princess home, for now he knows how she looks, and has decided that, yeah, he's gonna ask her for her hand. The next morning, the the king of the other palace looks out the window saying to himself, I suppose I shall not be troubled with the sight of that palace anymore. But zounds, there it stood just as dazzling as before. Somehow bigger. So I don't know what, like, if... Nobody talked to him yesterday. (laughs) Like, he doesn't look out his window except first thing in the morning. (laughs) He's a busy man. He keeps to a schedule. He didn't expect (laughs) to hear the sounds of demolition or... (laughs) 8.15 to 8.17 is window time. (laughs) After that, it's... Stay in a soundproof room and don't talk to your <laughs> captain of the guard. Keep it, so no, no one has reported to him at all. No yeah. letters. He just plays with like one of those balls in a cup for the rest of the day. <laughs> That's king stuff. That's king stuff. <laughs> uh, he's furious. Keeps at the... his mind sound for when he needs to execute people. <laughs> they just bring him like out of the chamber when he made, needs to make hard decisions. Or twosies. <laughs> Pretty much only those two times, though. That's it. The rest of the time is is paddle time. (laughs) Uh, He's furious. He calls them in, and they run in. The king screams, Do you see that palace? And they say, Yeah, we do. And he says, Did (laughs) I not order you to pull down the palace and hang the builder? 
He's very much like a, a father here. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, do you? I'm very s- disappointed in you. Do you see this mess in your room? Did I not tell you to clean it up? Uh, the people obviously could not deny this, but they reported what had happened when they went over. The king was so confused he had to put his crown on the table and scratch his head. Although he was king, he couldn't understand this. He knew that the palace had been built in a single night and concludes it must have been done by magic. At least he's familiar with the concept. He got there the second time around. Yeah. Not the first time. (laughs) Didn't didn't care to consider it the first time. He thought it was just a nuisance that could be taken care of. He had missed his window time for a little bit. Right. And it wasn't until a great army showed up and confronted his soldiers that... He started to think, oh, something more is happening here, because usually big armies would just take his palace rather than build their own out of nothing. While the king was pondering the very confusing events before him, the princess walks in and tells him that she had a beautiful dream that she was in that palace over there yonder, and she saw a prince so handsome that she could never have imagined his like. And also, now she wants to get married, please. The king says, you want to get married? You who have never cared to even look at a man? That's very strange. The princess agrees that it's strange, but she says, It's different now. I want to get married, and it's that prince specifically that I want. It's because of his magic. Slash his sweet pecs. I mean, they help. He's ripped, daddy. <laughs> you don't understand ain't my you, love. Ain't you seen him? You don't You don't know my feelings. I'm an adult. <laughs> that is a man with two pecs. <laughs> the machinations of a teenage woman's situation. The king is quite beside himself and now very frightened of the prince and his magic. Building a castle out of nothing is one thing, but making his daughter want to marry a man. Seducing his lesbian daughter. (laughs) Then he hears drums and trumpets outside of his door and gets gets the message that the prince has arrived with a large company of followers, all grandly dressed with gold and silver in every fold of their clothes. Because I guess the people also failed to pass him the, the note that this guy was coming. That what? This guy like sent word that he was going to visit, and just no one, no one told the king. He's not, not well. And inf- why is he king? Yeah, he's. Not- it doesn't matter. Kings can do whatever they want. It's true, but he does not have the respect of his followers very clearly. If you did have to vote for kings, though. Uh, this king put on his crown again from the table where it was sitting in confusion. Yeah, that's an odd detail. I don't know why it was mentioned twice. Uh, and he took it on his... putting on his crown? Taking it off, putting it on the table, oh. and then picking it back up again. And he puts on his fine coronation robes and went on the steps to receive this prince, with the princess following behind him. The prince bows graciously. The king does the same. And when they had discussed their affairs and their grandeur, like, ba-da-da, you're very fine, you're very fine. King stuff. King stuff? They appear... Bruh. Flattery. King stuff. (laughs) They do their special king handshake. It's a lot of... Where they touch tips of their crowns together. It's a lot of these. Yeah, and they make their hands like a crown. (laughs) Oh, that's their their cool handshake. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You think that people won't catch on to that? <laughs> it's not a secret handshake. It's just no, it's a very evident handshake because they use it. They use it like London Ooh. Bridge on their subjects <laughs> <laughs> to remind them that they are possessions of the king. Mm. <laughs> um, after discussing their affairs and their grandeur, they appear to have become best friends. 
A great banquet was prepared because when a prince invites himself to a king's house, the king has to make a fancy banquet for the prince. So, you know, for those of you living in places with kings, just invite yourself to their house and I'm sure you'll get a nice meal out of it. I mean, more often than not, the daughter's on the menu too. And the prince was seated next to the princess for this banquet. It's the next detail. Where's the ghost? It only comes when he uses the paper. But where is it? In his ear. That's where it lives? No, I don't know. Another dimension. It lives in the paper. Well, that's my favorite part of this story, and we haven't heard about this ghost in a long time. Well, the prince is currently eating a fine repast next to a princess, and the prince speaks so well for himself that the princess couldn't say no to anything he said. (laughs) Okay. So the prince then goes to the king and asks for the hand of the princess. The king couldn't say no, for whatever reason, but before settling matters, he wants to see this palace that has blocked his bedroom's view of the fine forest. (laughs) Right. So they arranged that the king should visit the prince with the princess along with him. When the prince returned home, he kept Lars busier than ever, because there was so much to attend to to make this truly impressive for the father of his future bride. Right. When the king and the daughter arrived, they found everything so magnificent that words couldn't even describe it. Because, once again, lazy. lazy. The king was pleased, and the wedding was celebrated in grand style. And when the prince arrived home with his bride, he too gave a great feast. Mm. These people have to be stuffed. Yeah, <laughs> they do feast a lot. That, a also, lot there are no animals left in this forest. That other king's twosies are going to be very irregular for the next few days. <laughs> They're going to be carrying him in and out of the chamber. He is going to get not a lot of paddleball practice. Not a lot of window time either. They're going to run over. (laughs) That's what was happening before when he missed the palace. One one into the other, yeah. He just saves them all up for (laughs) one day of the week. Like a a reverse snake. Uh, Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Done. So some time passed with this whole new arrangement of being married and living in a palace across the street from her, his father-in-law's palace, mm-hmm. um, which sounds like a great sitcom setup. Like that's everyone loves Raymond, but with royalty. That literally is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one evening, the prince heard the words whispered in his ear. Are you satisfied now? It was Lars's voice, but the prince still couldn't see him. Prince says, well, I ought to be. You've provided me with everything I could want. Yes, but what have I received in return? Asked Lars. get to watch all this cool stuff happening. (laughs) Live vicariously, bro. Nothing, said the prince. But what could I have given for you who is not flesh and blood and who I cannot see? What do you want? You want like a PS4 or something? (laughs) I got money. You gonna watch us make out? (laughs) What are you into? (laughs) I'll ask her. Foot play? (laughs) (laughs) what are you gonna give a ghost (laughs) you can just let it look at stuff that's it that's all you got that's about all the ghost intake yeah uh lars asks for the paper scrap from the chest and the prince agrees as he happens to know the words by heart so lars thanks him and asks him to put the paper on the chair in front of the bed that night and he would get it while the prince slept he knows the words by heart yeah the three of them (laughs) yeah Look, he's a we're, prince. We're all very don't, impressed. Don't build this up to be more than it is. He's a prince. His accomplishments are very few and far between. <laughs> like he left his house and lost all his money, which is better than getting lost, which is what most princes do when they leave their house. But yeah, all right. You know, those expectations are low. 
Uh, so the prince did that, and he and the princess went to sleep. And early the next morning, they awoke so cold that their teeth were chattering. When the prince opened his eyes, he found that he was not wearing a stitch. So he took all of his clothes, including old clothes. So just buck naked, sleeping on the chest in the old hut, because there's no bed, no palace left. That sounds uncomfortable. Yep. He begins to shout, Lars, my lad, but there's no answer. He keeps trying, but to no avail. He understands that the scrap of paper was the real source of this power. You gave him the lamp. And without it, <laughs> Lars is freed from service and had taken everything with him in the process. What a mischievous imp. Set the genie free. Wish three. There is no help for it. The only thing that they had was the princess's clothes, which she had gotten from her father. So Lars had no power over them. So she was not naked. All the children can sleep comfortably knowing there's <laughs> cool. only a dong out. Just a dick. <laughs> That's it. You all have those anyway. You know what they look like, children. Some of them do. They don't get to listen. They're <laughs> cooking dinner. Oh, okay. Keep up, Gordy. <laughs> I feel so happy right now. Um, the prince told the princess how everything had happened, like how he got all his castle and stuff. And asked her to leave him, and he would manage as best he could. He didn't just try to blame it on a witch? No, although that would be a good scapegoat. Yeah. A ghost did it? True. I mean, that is the Technically first. true. Uh, the princess wouldn't hear of leaving him. She remembered her marriage vows and would never, never, ever, even a little bit, leave her husband. Ever. Uh, the king in his palace is also awakened and when he looked out the window he didn't see the other palace his view is is back but now he's uneasy because his daughter lives there and he calls his courtiers asks if they can see the palace because you gotta check yeah like this may be the alzheimer's (laughs) (laughs) he sound like mr ed Can we is cast he, a horse? Yes, he, he Mr. Ed. Because <laughs> from 10.30 to 10.35 is peanut butter time. <laughs> and he gets a scoop for the top of his mouth. It's just a nice life, doesn't he? <laughs> Very regimented, but... Lots, lots of activities. <laughs> yes. He doesn't like the full ants on a log. He just <laughs> likes the peanut butter. <laughs> he asks the courtiers where the castle has gone, and they obviously don't know and can't help him again. Like, they don't know where it came from. They don't know where it went. King, your courtiers are not we didn't fortune build tellers. It. Yeah, they don't know. It's got nothing to do with us. <laughs> so the king rides to where the palace was, and he finds the hut with his son-in-law and daughter inside, weeping and moaning. He asks what all this means, but he gets no answer because the prince couldn't bring himself to tell the king what had happened. The king was angry because he could see the prince was not what he had pretended to be, and ordered him hanged at once. The princess begged for mercy, but no good, because King had made up his mind, and said an imposter should be hanged. Yeah, alright. Uh, the prince had time to reflect on how foolish he had been in not saving some of the crumbs when he was living in plenty, and how stupid he had been in letting Lars have the scrap of paper. If only he had it again, they should see he had gained some sense in return for all he had lost. Alright, story. Not- We're gonna talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think he's taken to the gallows. It doesn't actually say that, but just before the sun was setting, the prince heard a great shouting. When he looked over toward it, he saw seven cartloads of worn-out shoes, and on top of the last one, he sees a little old man wearing gray with a red-pointed cap and a face like a scarecrow. Yeah. What? 
This little man drives his seven cartloads to the gallows where the prince was awaiting his hanging, and he laughs at him. How stupid. And then he donuts out of there. <laughs> Look at this asshole. How stupid, says the little man. What should a fool do with his stupidity if he did not make use of it? And he laughs again. Yes, there you are, and here I am, carting away all the shoes I have worn out for your whims. I wonder if you can read what is written on this bit of paper, and if you recognize it. It's F you, bro. Yeah. With an ugly laugh, he holds the paper in front of the prince. But this time, it was Lars who was the fool, because though the prince had a rope around his neck, he still had his hands free, and snatched the paper out of <laughs> Lars' hands. What? No, I'm a ghost again! <laughs> he says, Lars, my lad, and Lars has to answer, what are master's orders? And he says, you must cut this rope and put all the stuff back. When the night has come, you must bring back my princess. Before long, everything was in its place. The king awoke the next morning and looked out the window. The king didn't even attend the hanging. (laughs) What is going on? It was past his bedtime at 5.15 p.m. (laughs) He's a very delicate sleep schedule. He needs to be, if he is not down, like down by 5.30, things get real rough. (laughs) He looked out his window as usual to see the palace has returned. He calls his courtiers. Like, do you see this? And he just says, put a bullet in me. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> and they say, yes, there is a palace there now, king. He calls for his daughter, but she's just gone. <laughs> so he goes to the gallows to see if his son-in-law is hanging, but neither his son-in-law nor the gallows were there. So I guess Lars just took away the gallows. Also. Took the gallows. (laughs) The gallows aren't there. So he sets off through the forest and finds that the palace is all back the way it had been. The prince and princess are dressed in their finest and received him graciously. The prince greets him and the king says, Are you my son-in-law? The prince says, Yeah. Are you real? (laughs) Who else would I be? And the king says, Did I not order you to be hanged yesterday like any common thief? And the prince laughs and says, I think you must have been bewitched. Do you think I am the man to allow myself to be hanged? Or does anyone here dare believe it? If anyone dares to say the king could have wished me such an evil, let him speak. Everyone had more sense than to fall for that obvious bait, and the king didn't know what to believe, because he's been gaslit really hard. (laughs) Because when he looked at the prince, he thought he could never have wished him evil. Still, he's not convinced, and he asked, didn't he come here yesterday, and there's just like a shitty hut instead of a palace? The prince says, I think trolls bewitched your eyes and made you crazy. Or what do you think? He asks to the king's courtiers, who bow till they're bent double and agree with everything the prince said. Because, good job, courtiers. Because they know a winner when they see one. <laughs> and it's not their boss. <laughs> who they put up with every day. Yeah, I think they do who to, who to put their money on. This looks like a man who can confirm the existence of a palace with his own eyes without having to outsource it to us. Yeah. Maybe we can get some PTO. <laughs> uh, the king says, well, I guess that's all in order then. Lucky I've got my proper sight back for it would be a shame to let you be hanged. His proper sight back. Yeah, he's no longer eye-bewitched yeah. by trolls. Yeah. The king is happy again and no one thought any more about the matter. The prince took it upon himself to manage his own affairs, sparing Lars his shoes. The king soon gave the prince half of his kingdom, so the prince had plenty to do. People began to say they would have to search a long time to find his equal in wisdom and justice. 
One day, Lars came to the prince, still ugly, but more humble this time. He says, you don't want my help any longer. I used to wear out my shoes, but now my feet will soon be covered with moss. Now, perhaps you might let me go? The prince says, I have tried to spare you, and I almost think I could do without you. But the palace and all the rest I do not want to lose, for I'd never find so clever a builder as you. I cannot give you back the paper. Lars says, as long as you have it, I need not fear. But if anybody else should get it, there would be nothing but running around again, and I'd like to avoid that. When one has been tramping about as I have done, one begins to tire of it. So they agreed that the prince should put the paper in the box and bury it twenty feet under the ground, beneath a stone. They thanked each other and parted ways. The prince carried out his part of the bargain, and he and the princess lived happily, and they both had sons, and they had both sons and daughters. The old king died, and the prince got the whole kingdom, and reigns there still, if he is not dead. No one checks. As for the box with the scrap of paper in it- He spends 100% of his time in the room. (laughs) (laughs) As for the box with the scrap of paper in it, many who are still- there are many who are still running around looking for it. The end. How do you guys feel now that you've ripped this particular folktale band-aid off? I know, at least I understand, why I wanted, or why I didn't want to do this one. (laughs) Why I kept putting it off. Yeah? Why? Because I hated it. (laughs) What, more than anything else we've done? Well, for for a little bit, it looked like that was going to be, like, a really, really crappy ending. (laughs) Like, before that kind of last act unfolded. Because I, for a second, it looked like the the moral, like the moral of the story might have been like, man, why did I have to give that paper back? I should have kept that guy enslaved forever. <laughs> Are you saying that would have been a worse or I'm better? I'm saying that would have been terrible. Okay. <laughs> would have been awful if it was, because it it seemed like they were setting up the like the lesson may, being <laughs> yeah, like don't don't abuse this crap. You can't just you can't just wish for all these material possessions and then he's about to learn his lesson and then he comes back and he's like nope gotcha like just snatches the paper back you're mine again the real lesson of that ending would have been don't ever let your servants go because if you do your worst fears will manifest and you'll lose everything and die (laughs) keep those people as long as they live they are worse than you (laughs) Lars was complaining a lot about the number of shoes he wore out, like, giving the prince's stuff. Yeah. But the prince asked for something to eat. Lars took it upon himself to give him... To over-deliver. A giant feast. Yeah, he, he might have set the he expectations... He brought him a Pop-Tart first time around. Yeah. He might have set the expectations high. The prince asked for a nice room, like a sumptuous room for his bed, and Lars delivered a castle complete with an ornamental garden. Saying that Lars is playing the victim a bit. Play, yeah. Like yeah. he could have followed the orders to the letter and been fine. He wants sure. he wants everyone to know how much effort he put into it. Yeah. So my sympathies are not super strong with Lars. I think it's a good final lesson, like that the prince learned to manage things on his own and not put all of the work not on rely some on magic wish granting creature. Uh, so that was solid, but Lars himself, to me, was not <laughs> as sympathetic a character as he could have been. Right. I'm just most curious about him. Lars? Yeah. As an entity. What he is and where he comes from, or what? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't care where this prince comes from. Like, 
fooling his money, yada yada. We've all heard that shit. Uh-huh. But Lars's magic handcuffs uh-huh. were, were in a Matryoshka chest. Yeah. They... That... We never found out why. Yeah. I, I have a feeling, based on the end of the story, that Lars constructed that himself as a safety measure... Though the only safety it provided was from people who weren't patient. Who <laughs> <laughs> were very, very lazy and just got bored partway through. Yeah. I guess this paper can't just be destroyed. Like, it can't be ripped up or burned. I, would as- I, I like... was assuming that that would be attempted, at least. Right. So maybe Lars has tried everything he can to get out of whatever... Bond this... of servitude this is. Right. And... I'm curious to know who the last person Lars served was and how it ended. I have a guess. And and how it ended up in, like, a rundown cottage in the woods. Yeah. What's your guess? Oh, my guess didn't have anything to do with the cottage. Oh. Well. I assumed that that was Lars's shack that had gone untended because he was uh, constructing a kingdom for someone else very close by. What's, What's your guess? Uh, that there's now a very regimented king who lives nearby this shack. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I, I would believe that, because that king no, I, was so flustered by yeah. the thought of magic. I, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, I am most interested in this king because he seems like like a moon landing denier to me. <laughs> or Because or, he... he the thought of magic never enters his mind. Well, like it does, but day two, it takes. But a like after, like after people start talking to him, right? Like he, like he sees this, this palace where there was no palace yesterday, and he, like he, what his first reaction is like, tear it down. Well, it's like who did this? Like who built this thing? It's not like he just does not seem to entertain. The fact that magic could have been used, and maybe magic could have been used later to undo some of it. Like, that, like yeah. he just never puts together, like, maybe there's something weird going on, and it has something to do with magic. I, I love how blasé he is about everything happening in his life. And he supposedly has enough of a kingdom to give this guy half, but I can't help but envision that his kingdom is only these woods. Like, it's I, maybe a few was, acres around his castle. I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of picturing that this guy inherited, like, half his lawn, basically. <laughs> and half, like, half of the palace. Like, okay, you get to manage basically, these rooms. Basically the portion of the kingdom he was already squatting on. <laughs> right, yeah, he yeah. just he got squatters, turned over to him. Squatters right it's his way into. I, th- I want to believe that he's a magic denier. Yeah, I'm done with that. I just I like this narrative we've created about his daily life. <laughs> he just looks out the window once. He that talks tell, to takes in everything he needs. Tells him everything he needs to know. He yeah. talks to certain people once, which is the world's still here. You're safe for another day. Like he can't talk to his uh, soldiers more than once in a day. Yeah. So he'll give them. Just his, has to trust that they get stuff done. Right. He gives them their orders in the morning, and the next morning he finds out how it went. <laughs> Why is he like this? I don't know. I'm trying to like, get into the the mind of a king who has his daughter's husband sentenced to be hanged and doesn't bother to show up to watch it <laughs> or confirm that it's happened. Old. I mean, probably. Just 
Just his mind is starting to go a little bit. I wonder what happened to this prince's kingdom. It doesn't say he's the youngest son he or anything. He never went home. Hope they had another son. <laughs> yeah, hope there was a different heir. He liked. He just liked this fancy house, and he's like, "This is where I live now." It's it's Sweden. <laughs> Everybody's fine. Everybody's yeah. pretty well off. Do Do you think he looped his family in later, like his original family? Um, it does not indicate that he's had any contact with them. Like he's pretty close with Bro King. He's got his own thing going now. Yeah, it's, it's doing all right. Did he leave home originally to find himself? He left home seeking adventure. And he wanted to travel the world. Didn't make it out of Sweden. Rumspringer. Well, he might have. This is just a Swedish tale. So we don't, we don't, we're not assuming that his kingdom that he is inheriting is in Sweden? I mean, it could be. He could have come from elsewhere. This is just a tale told in Sweden. Because I, I was under the impression if... that he left on an adventure, made it like a couple towns over. Had blown all his money at that point. I think... And was trying to get back I already. think he, I mean, he maybe. must have originated somewhere else. Like, this is a Swedish tale because all the interesting stuff happened in Sweden. So he came from if elsewhere. This, if he is French and this was a French story, that story would be, our son left home and didn't come back. <laughs> like, that's, that's that fairy tale. Gotcha. Because as far as they know, that's that's it. That was the end of that story. So yeah, I think I think he must be foreign, or as you say, <laughs> didn't make it far. He he met a lot of cool people walking down the road, <laughs> and just had to buy them a lot of stuff. Why Lars? Like the name? No, why him? What do we think? I mean, he's described about as him. like almost like the red cats, or other fairy folk. Mm-hmm. He's just somehow been bound to the sheet of paper. So he's like Rumpelstiltskin. Sort of, yeah. Except Rumpelstiltskin had a little bit more agencies. Right. You know, you have some rules of magic that you have to follow. Is this a punishment? Lars? Maybe. Like, exile or something from Fairyland for committing a crime. What crime? Shoe theft? (laughs) The phrasing is interesting to me. Of the enchantment. Lars, my lad? Yeah. In what way? I mean, it's obviously demeaning and patronizing. Kind of. That's also a thing that you can call a friend. Like, hey, my lad. I guess. Might be some cultural translation issues here as well. Sure. I, I don't know. I just assumed that that was, that was more a young man's game, I guess. I, I see what like you're he, saying. He's, he's presumably ancient. Like lad being like child. He, he is not, not even man. child, but just like... He is presumably f- pretty powerful, and you're referring to him very casually. Right. Like, not, not by title, not by name. Yeah, right. Just by, like, hey... Hey, buddy. Like, hey, buddy, make me a palace, please. Yeah. I don't, it, know, I don't know if there's <laughs> anything, anything more from that, but that's the read that I got from that anyway. Make sense of it as a punishment. Yeah. He has to be, listen to people be flippant to him. What kind of fairy crime do you think he would have committed to merit that punishment? Mm. Just based on the evidence we have here. Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> he is very extravagant. He mm-hmm. goes overboard with all of his wish granting. Does not understand boundaries. Not boundaries, just like 
what's appropriate, maybe? I think taking everything with him when he gets his freedom is kind of a huge passive-aggressive. And rolling up in seven wagons full of shoes or whatever <laughs> just, shoes. just to make a point. Yeah. Well, it's like if at the end of it, Aladdin, the Disney movie, the genie had been freed and he was like, fuck you, you're not a prince anymore. It became a tornado of <laughs> avarice. Yeah. like Just stealing back all the stuff he'd that, made over the centuries. And he, and he gave Aladdin like a medical bill for his <laughs> chiropractor for 10,000 years yeah. worth of cramps. Yeah, like <laughs> the, the prince. That's got to be the first place he went, right? <laughs> chiropractor? Yeah. Get someone to crack that out. I hope so. Like in the in the prince's defense, all he knew about this was that a sheet of paper brought a voice into his ear. Mm-hmm. Like he he'd never seen Lars, but he, yeah, he knew he knew nothing about this. What's the voice say? Just like, what do you need? Yeah, uh, what are oh. master's orders? Something like that. It's and it's not like Lars always operated overnight. He did operate in real time, right? So how did he... And stuff happened pretty instantaneously. So, like, from the prince's perspective, this is just some kind of magic paper. Not an entity with feelings and... It is not explicitly made out that way, but I I feel like if I saw a name and heard a voice, I I might at least entertain that as a possibility. (laughs) Yeah. Though my, my first question, like... If I did that and heard somebody say that, my first thing would not be, like, these are my orders. It would be, like, who are you, what are you, and what are the limitations? Like, right. like you, give me the rules up front. You also weren't raised a prince. I wasn't. It was, it was used to <laughs> someone you know saying, of. like, what are, what are your that's, orders? That's true. I guess he's he's not had to question that. Right. Like, if any of us common folk who have spent a good portion of our lives eating meals of ramen and eggs were to receive that we would have a lot of instant suspicion that someone's trying to take advantage of us yeah like we're not used to being waited on in that way what are the rules here buddy (laughs) what's going on but like if you're a prince who just finds a sheet of paper that magically grants your wishes you don't see anybody you hear a voice in your ear but you don't feel anyone standing on you or like breathing on you or anything. Mm-hmm. There's no physical presence to this voice. Ghost. You would probably assume that it's just a magic thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the PA. I guess. Like you're not gonna think necessarily, and the prince doesn't. You know, this is a person with needs. And to be fair, as soon as Lars says anything to him other than, "What are your orders?" The prince realizes quickly, like, "Oh, I didn't." Sorry. I didn't realize that you were, like, a person. I guess he never, he never said, like, Master, what are your orders? Keep in mind, I have my limits. Right. Like, he apparently has the ability to speak to the prince without being invoked. Because he just shows up, he, yeah. like, yeah. years down the line or whatever. Yeah, he... That That is a question. So, <laughs> main character is in possession of this paper... Right at the end of the story, and Lars is definitely just a dude who's hanging around. Yeah, he's got physical shoes where, to wear out. Where was he during the early part of this story? Like, why is he? Why is he like a ghost magic whisper in the beginning, and later he like he shows up, and then he's there, and he just like hangs around. 
Like, fairy folk can move really fast and they can be, like, invisible and stuff. And I assume that he's, for the most part, even after introducing himself in person mm-hmm. to laugh at the prince of the gallows. You know, he's shown up occasionally since then, but I'm assuming he's not just, like, hanging around in a corner gathering dust. I kind of am. Twiddling his thumbs. <laughs> I kind of figure he is standing and staring at the prince if he is not actively working. But I feel like he inhabits some sort of other dimensional space where he goes to relax and chill when he's not being actively <laughs> I hope so. Needed. I I thought that like when he when the prince lost the paper, the fir- like when he gave it to Lars, like that kind of undid the whole enchantment right. and now now Lars had a physical body, like that's what that's what did it. Uh-huh. I was assuming Why? he would disappear again. After the paper was taken back. Yeah, why couldn't he have just gotten the paper to start with? It was in the chests. Why didn't he have the paper? He can have the paper. Maybe there's some kind of he can have it rules about he has to be given the paper. Is he a house elf? <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind just of. take it. Just open up the chest. Is he put a it- vampire? But there. But that means he didn't put it there. But there are rules. If that if that is true, he can't have put it in the thing, right. Right? right? Somebody else did. Yeah. Well, he had to be there for the prince to bury the box. Yeah. So maybe there are very specific rules about how this paper is handed because it can't be destroyed. Right. I assume because otherwise right. that would be the obvious first thing for him to do. Unless they're just both stupid. <laughs> that is another possibility. But yeah, he can he can talk to the prince of his own accord whenever. Yeah. As soon as he does this, the prince pretty much apologizes, like, what do you want? I will give it to you. Mm-hmm. And then Lars just, like, passive-aggressively takes everything, including the prince's clothing. Do you think he That's is- just because he's into some stuff. And then laughs at him when he's about to be- He's like, I see what you do in be- those clothes. Hey, I need him. Like, if he if this is a big problem for him, he could have made himself known earlier, even if he couldn't physically manifest, he could have said something earlier. Or just like yeah. take your freedom and go enjoy it. Yeah, you like once once you've got else. that paper, just keep on going. You don't have to come back to make a point. So he maintains the dinkitude. So it is Lars. It is Lars's fault. That's what we're saying. Yeah, he went. He deserved it. Of his own volition, he went way above and beyond with every single one of these wishes. Then got very passive aggressive about it. And even at the end, when he went up to the prince, is like, "You don't really need me." The There's no pleasing like, Lars, basically. Yeah, it's like you overwork him. He's like, "What's the deal?" And then you don't. You decide to give him a break. And I'm like, bored. And he's like, "My feet are growing over with moss because you never use me anymore." Well, I think his point in the end there was that he really wanted the paper back because right. obviously you don't need me. And the prince said, well, I just don't want all my stuff to disappear. And Lars doesn't just <laughs> You're say... holding it over my head. Okay, deal. Like, that seems a reasonable exchange for your forever freedom is... He is a fairy, though, presumably. He is. That's what we're assuming. Yeah. And they, they're known for sort of being I mean, It's true. I mean, if you, if you think that, like, his freedom is, is a virtuous thing unto itself, then do you, like, do you deserve to get a bunch of stuff out of it first? <laughs> I'm just saying, like... Like, if you believe that Lars should be free, aren't you extorting him by 
getting like a palace and a kingdom out of it before you let him go. Well, the stuff is there already, and most of it was wished for before right. the prince knew what was going on, and he just right. wanted it back, because like, he'd set up this whole life for himself, he had a whole future yeah. planned around this sure. stuff. Uh, I've yeah I'm I'm not as uh, sympathetic for him because he did have another kingdom to yeah, go back no, to. I, he already had those things. There yeah. there were two. Yeah, no, I'm not super sympathetic with the prince. I'm just from Lars' perspective. Yeah, you're I, being I asked you're one thing, and that is to leave be, me alone like, now. Leave this stuff that you've already put all this work into creating, because taking it away would have had to cost the same labor, right? Not necessarily. I don't... I guess. If, if he's if, if he's, he's working by mundane means. Yeah, if he was wearing out shoes to put it there, I would assume that taking it away isn't just simple waving of the hands. So all he's being asked is to let it go, and then he can have the paper back. And for whatever reason, his solution is, no, nah, how about instead you just bury it? Why does he not want the paper back? Well, he does want the paper back, but the... Oh, it, will that necessitate him losing all the stuff? I mean, maybe. Maybe I guess that's part of the rules. That is, that is implied. But Lars is very nasty about it at the gala, so it's hard to tell if, if it's just a rule, you don't have the paper, you don't get the stuff, or if it was a malicious, passive-aggressive act of Lars. Where do you think Lars gets this stuff? Steals it. That's what, like, that's what I'm... I'm thinking back to all of the chests that his piece of paper was locked in. Mm-hmm. Or not even locked, just closed away in. Yeah, a lock would have yeah, done a lot good, of good. Good there. defenses. And I'm wondering if they're they're more like a Jacob Marley symbolism of like all the stuff he's stolen before. Oh, maybe. So you think in order to like make this feast, he has to steal it from other people, yeah. <laughs> which which would explain why he has this punishment because he stole. Maybe he's like still on the lamb in Fairyland because he keeps because <laughs> he keeps jacking all their stuff. <laughs> Maybe he just wants to feel he doesn't need to do this. He just wants to be appreciated for something. Because those the presence of those shoes that he's worn out heavily implies that all of the the crap he built was done. With by later, hand, yeah. Which means all the people that showed up to be in an army were carried there. Yeah, were and kidnapped. brainwashed. Kidnapped, brainwashed, put into an army, <laughs> and apparently enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't make those out of thin air. He had to find them somewhere. Because without those shoes, we could assume that he's just making life. Like that magic ring from the bronze ring story. I'm very curious what the rules for this are. Because if he's just kidnapping guys, I feel like he should start with the army that's right there. Like the king's army? Yeah, like if you're looking if you're looking to make your master an army and you have to do it by kidnapping other dudes. Maybe the closest by dudes. Yeah, start, maybe start with the guys who are already at your door. Well, it's over. <laughs> well, you got this one out of the way. Now there's just infinite more to go. But do we at least get free agency next week? Yeah, you can have choices next week. You technically had a choice this week. Just Tyler strong-armed you into it, and I didn't well, fight it at I all. Want, I want three fresh ones next week. Jeez. Really? Yeah. Fine. I demand. I demand a clean slate. I'll do my best. We need to be rewarded for 
<laughs> you need to be? Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't work. You deserve this castle before you... <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, where else are we on the this internet? Is, this is like a power-up. We do the story we've been avoiding. It's like a bomb, and it clears out all the other ones. Uh-huh. Okay. It's like deleting a whole row in Tetris. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see you next week. Where Probably. Else, where else can we be found on the internet? Oh, yeah. we have Wherever places. Google tells you. <laughs> Follow the trail of the Google. Um, we have a Facebook page. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on iTunes and other other vendors of podcasts. Ratings are appreciated. Um, ratings help us out a lot. It, they really do. Um, we're on Patreon. We're on... We have a blog spot. Whoever. Whatever. I'm posting videos of... YouTube. Madame Del Noir playing through Dark Souls 3. I'll eventually get back to writing when I'm not for doing art projects for five curriculums. Uh, eventually on that blog, you can hear about how that Once Upon a Time show royally screwed up their fairy tales. That's true. And their plot lines, because they got it dead wrong from what I've seen. And also have played a little fast and loose with what counts as a fairy tale. Yeah, as we have shown you listeners, there is not a dearth for content. <laughs> So <laughs> they don't need to be diving into novels. Right. So that'll happen eventually. So just look at those things. Just look at that. That's plenty. Let us know how we're doing. You really want more than that? We appreciate uh, emails good, every once in a while. There's a good tagline for us to end on. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you want from us? <laughs> Try that. All right. Okay. So once again, we are What the Folklore. What more do you want from us? I don't feel good about that one. <laughs> No? No. You don't think that's the good is it, is it the phrase itself, or is it tone? It's tone, I think. Okay. What the folklore? What more do you want from us? What's your, what's your take? Better? How would you do the reading? I think it's both. <laughs> <laughs> it's phrase and tone. <laughs> okay. Pitch me something. About just what the folklore. Ding! <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's, you wanna... it's chipper. <laughs> you want it? It's to the point. Okay. Keeps you wanna... the energy up. How about this? How about we ask our listeners to give us a sign-off phrase that we they want to hear? We already did that. Nobody responded. Do you want to try that one? So check us out on all those internet platforms. We're what the folklore. Ding! No. <laughs> You've been listening to what the folklore. Ding! It's like magic. It's like fairy dust. But the sound effect. We'll see you next week with maybe a better this has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have any feedback for us, you can leave it either by Gmail or Facebook. Our Gmail account is wtfolklore at gmail.com, and our Facebook page can be found at facebook.com slash wtfolklore. Feel free to send in stories if you have any particularly odd pieces of folklore or mythology that you would like to hear us talk about. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales.